Chapter Fourteen of When They Were Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nettle. When They Were Girls by Rebecca Deming Moore. Chapter Six. Julia Ward Howe, whose battle hymn sang itself into the hearts of a nation. In the days when New York was not the big city that it is now, there was a fashionable section called the Bowling Green. The people who lived there often used to see a great yellow coach roll by. Within, three little girls sat stiffly against the bright blue cushions. These children were dressed in blue coats and yellow satin bonnets to match the chariot and its lining. They were the three little ward children, one of them, Julia, to be known later throughout the land as Julia Ward Howe. She is the author of the famous patriotic hymn which you sing so often at school, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Julia Ward, the eldest of the three little girls, was born in New York City, May twenty seventh, 1819. Although her father was a rich man and loved his children very dearly, they did not have many of the pleasures which most children today enjoy, as a matter of course. The ward girls had very little chance to romp and play outdoors and get acquainted with birds and flowers. To be sure, they went to Newport, Rhode Island in the summer, but poor little Julia had to wear a thick green worsted veil to protect her delicate skin. It was not until she had children of her own that she realized how much she had missed in her youth. She was glad that her children could live close to nature. Julia was, however, a happy child in spite of her rather sober life. She was alone much of the time, for her lively brothers were away at school and the two younger sisters played by themselves. But she was never lonely. She read a great deal, Shakespeare, Byron, and as much other poetry as she could find. She enjoyed her music and other lessons. Julia was particularly fond of study. At first she had lessons at home, but at the age of nine she was sent to a private school nearby. Here this little girl studied a difficult book, Paley's Moral Philosophy, with girls of sixteen and eighteen years of age. Once, at this time, she heard a class reciting an Italian lesson. The musical sound of the language delighted her, and she listened whenever she had the chance. She secured a grammar and studied it by herself. Then, one day, she handed the surprised teacher a letter, written correctly in Italian, asking permission to join the class. Julia loved to make up poetry and when she was in her thirteenth year she copied a number of her poems into a brown blank book as a present for her father. One of them was a poem written about her mother, whom she had lost when she was only six years old. Still, another was in French, and in the four stanzas there was only one mistake. The study of languages was always a delight to her. She spoke and wrote French and German very well, Later in life she studied Spanish, and at the age of fifty she did not feel that she was too old to begin the study of Greek. 
At twenty-four years of age, Julia Ward married Dr. Samuel Gridley Howe. He was a noble-hearted man whom everyone knew as the first person to teach language to a blind deaf mute, namely Laura Bridgman. A happy busy time began for these two people, who believed that life should be lived for others. Dr. Howe was engaged with his work for the blind and for the freeing of the slaves. Mrs. Howe went on with her studies and wrote poems, plays, and essays. She helped her husband with his anti-slavery work, and together they edited a newspaper called The Commonwealth. Yet, no matter how crowded these days were, there was always a time in the afternoon that was set aside for the children. The mother played and sang to the little folks, and there were merry romps as the father, wrapped in a big fur coat, played bear and growled fiercely. Both mother and father often read aloud to their children. When the Civil War broke out, Julia Ward Howe longed to help her country, and soon a special way came. One day she was driving back into Washington with friends after having witnessed a review of some troops. Their carriage was delayed by the returning soldiers. To pass away the time, Mrs. Howe and her companions began to sing war songs. Among them, they sang, John Brown's body lies a-moldering in the grave. Why do you not write some good words for that stirring tune? Someone asked Mrs. Howe. I have often wished to do so, she answered. The next morning, Mrs. Howe awoke before dawn and found the words of a song shaping themselves in her mind. As soon as the poem was complete, she rose and in the early morning light wrote it down on a sheet of paper. This poem was the famous Battle Hymn of the Republic, which soon sang itself into the hearts of the nation. Mrs. Howe's writings have been numerous. In addition to her books of poetry, she also wrote much in behalf of social reforms. She lectured far and wide, and loved to talk to school children. Because she wanted women to learn how to help themselves, she founded, or helped to found, many clubs and organizations for them. She wanted them to have the vote, too. Mrs. Howe's children have followed in their mother's footsteps and written books themselves. One of her daughters, Laura E. Richards, has written delightful stories for children. Her book, Two Noble Lives, tells very beautifully the life stories of her remarkable mother and father. Maud Howe Elliot and Florence Howe Hall are also the authors of many books. The son, Henry Marion Howe, has written books on scientific subjects. Our country honors Julia Ward Howe as the author of one of its greatest songs, which will ever continue to stir our patriotism. Because as a girl she made the best use of her talents, she was enabled to fill a long life with great service. End of chapter 6 Julia Ward Howe, whose battle hymn sang itself into the hearts of a nation. Recording by Nettle